Welcome to Conversations with Toy, a blogcast tackling life one episode at a time. This is the time to air out life's craziest moments. This space is all about speaking about life's hang-ups and ways in which we can leave better than when we started. Topics are all about ways we can find space to be better in life, love, mental space and health. Happy Friday. I'm so glad as always to be with you one more week. I'm so grateful. I'm hoping you had an amazing week. If this is your first time listening to Conversations with Toy, welcome. Make yourself at home. Make yourself comfortable. Make sure that you continue to listen and join. This is an amazing community. If you're wondering, what do we talk? What do we talk about? We talk about all things, uh, mental health, self-care, humanism, life, just existing and how we exist and the different things that we go through. So this is the place where you're going to get sometimes heart conversations, sometimes fun conversations, sometimes we'll cry, sometimes we'll be frustrated, sometimes we'll laugh. We're going to do it all because in life, sometimes we miss out on the conversations that we need to have worrying about other levels of conversation. And I'm not saying that those conversations don't matter because they all do, but sometimes you want to have those conversations that kind of give us a thought process and thinking. Today's episode is going to be a little bit of a thought process of thinking of you and I and everyone that's listening to have a moment. Um, This particular episode is going to be dedicated to everyone who deals with some level of mental health or anxiety or depression, or whatever form that you may deal with. Um, If you have not listened to me in any of my episodes before, I talk very candidly about dealing with mental health, um, dealing with depression, dealing with these different levels of elements, and it hasn't always been an easy walk. This week alone, we have lost a lot of beautiful souls because they were, you know, suffering in silence, or maybe they were suffering out loud and no one knew... there's so so many different elements, right? We don't know for sure, but this I do know. I do know that regardless of what word you use and how you describe what it is that you're going through. Oftentimes, if not, people will say things like, I really wish that person would have come to me and spoke to me and told me what was going on. I want to challenge a listener, right? This is not the person that's going through it, right? You may feel like you don't have anxiety, you don't deal with depression, you don't deal with these other elements, so you have no empathy or understanding when it comes to someone who is dealing with that. Well, I'm going to help the ones that are dealing with that, like myself. I have received a lot of therapy and help over the years to deal with anxiety, panic attacks, and different elements. The guest for today, she also dealt with uh, panic attacks and she's going to come and tell her story. But for those who say my life is fine, I don't have these issues. And so I don't understand when people say that they're dealing with mental health issues. I think mental health issues is something that's just a word that people use because it's a trigger word and everyone loves using it because it's the the it word. Whether it's the it word or not, it's a real life right? Real people dealing with real things and real struggles. One of the things that I just want to caution the listener, this is the person who doesn't have these issues. When you make the statement of, I wish that someone would come and have said something. 
What are you doing to facilitate that? Let me give you an example. If you, when you hear stories of other people going through that and your first point of contact is to say things that are derogatory, try to diminish what the person is going through, try to um, shed life on the fact that you don't believe that it's a real thing and that people are just making these things up and all these different things. When you make those comments unintentionally, intentionally, whatever the case, ask yourself when you're doing that, the people that are around you, that even the ones that even okay you, even the ones that say, yeah, girl, or yeah, dude, like you right, da, 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 just keep in mind, those could be the same people that go home every single day after having these conversations with you or others around them and are literally suffering in silence because they already know how people around them feel. So when we say things like, I wish that that person would have come and talked to us, are you truly making an environment which is conducive for someone to open up and talk to you? If you're a gossiper and you have the latest tea on everybody's news, and so when someone is going through their worst, the people around you are hearing you dog them out to the extreme. Now explain to me, riddle me this. How would someone in your inner circle be able to say to themselves, oh, I know this person is going to gossip about everybody and drag them for the filth. Do you think that that is the type of person that somebody who was going through one of the hardest moments of their life is going to bring a conversation up to you? And please do not say things like, well, we're family. They know that I love them. That's just what I do. You know how I am. Yes, you just said it. They know how you are. My friends know that when it comes to conversations of mental health, even way before I even exposed that I was going through it, I've always attempted to make an environment by which people knew that they can come to me, they could trust me, and I could make an environment where it made it easy for someone to speak to someone else or talk to me about what they were going through. If you are not doing that on your regular everyday life, I promise you someone going through their worst is not going to be susceptible to come to you and think that you are going to be an advocate, a support or a resource for them. And so instead of saying and pointing the finger at the person who may have done some sort of harm or unfortunately have taken their life and say, why didn't they ask yourself, why didn't you now? I am not blaming what they've done on a person like yourself who has not been conducive to the environment. And I'm not suggesting that even though you've been this type of person, that if someone was to harm themselves or take their life, that the problem is on you. It's still their personal problem and their personal responsibility. All I'm saying is that we need to have a real conversation about the fact that many of us make it hard for a lot of people to open up. You post things online that suggest the, the contrary. Your demeanor and your attitude is completely off-centered. And yet we think that we're supposed to be a resource to someone else when we're not. People listen to you when you have everyday conversations. They see how you respond to just the mundane things. They may not be as apt to come and speak to you because again, you're not making the environment open enough to come and speak. So although I'm in total agreement that a person who does whatever they have done or decided to do to cause harm to themselves or even unfortunately have taken their own lives, that is a, a, a inner struggle that is between them. But I want to caution us, the ones that remain, the ones that are still here, the ones who have our own family members that are lying in the, in the gap of needing support. 
let us make sure that we're doing all that we can because it's very hard it's very hard when you see these cases of, of of unfortunate suicide that have increased this week and you see these things where people are struggling they're having these very private moments that they don't feel comfortable enough to share listen i don't we need to really dispel this look of what it looks like to have mental health issues or needs and and everything is not an issue sometimes it's just mental health needs first and foremost Mental health is the same level of just regular care. It is a human right to have care, to have someone that has the resources that's going to help you. Listen, I am fully aware that there are people who have access to the sources of resources and they don't use them. I am very much aware of that, but it doesn't mean or make the situation, the fight for mental health care that should be standard across the board available to every last person because it's a human right however i want us to make sure that we're doing what we can to support the ones that are around us we gain these stories that happen these these beautiful stories and these beautiful souls my heart does ache and always will continue to ache but i also want us to make sure that we turn to the ones in our own community as well and make sure that we are supporting them we can have shock and awe sometimes for national stories and then treat the ones in our family with disregard and disdain and that i don't agree with i want us to really get better when it comes to that and again I've talked about this before, you know, dealing with my own situation where at the time me and my husband wasn't even sure, we didn't know, even know what was going on. You know, the whole, well, you know, she's just crazy. She's just doing the most, you know, her behavior is this, her behavior is that, you know, every behavior, whether good or bad is a sign of communication and somebody's trying to communicate something. And so I try and my very best, I'm not always great at it. You know, even for myself, I'm not always great at it because, you know, when people do stuff, especially you know, with me understanding mental health and mental health needs, I have been as much as understanding as possible. And sometimes I have to dig a little deeper because sometimes, you know, when they say hurt people, hurt people. Oh, I'm very aware that people who do things to other people are very much hurting. And I feel for them that they even felt the need to do that. But then there's accountability in that when people are being rude and considerate and all those different things in the midst of their personal struggles and pain. But when I was going through my own struggle, again, my husband and I just didn't have the understanding of what was happening. And once I discovered what was happening, you know, it was that that other level too is when someone is going through their worst and then it, let's say they find the diagnosis, maybe they go get the resources and the help. If they have not given you permission to tell other people that they are going through what they're going through, please do not uh, disrespect what they're going through or to feel the need to call the, the cavalry and tell other people what's happening. That's no one's concern that they have not given permission. This is the reason. And I know that there might have a lot of friends that are listening. My friends are extremely supportive. This is the reason why I've never, I've always been very vocal about group texting and group friendships, because sometimes I feel like, although we need to keep each other accountable and hold each other up, sometimes we use things like group texts, group friends, um, to, run into other people's business amongst the group, you know, amongst the group that the person that is going through it may not have fully given permission and, or why don't we direct certain people in the group who've had certain strengths to then communicate something that we feel that one of the persons in the group is able to say in love. Cause not everybody is gifted in love. One of my very personal pet peeves 
are the keep it real people. We talked about, I believe this last, last episode of the episode before, you know, some people are so rude and so in the need of keeping it real and make sure that they're the ones that you can, you know, that they'll tell it like it is telling it like it is ain't always profitable. And I say that because sometimes people are so harsh in the delivery just because they want to make sure they stick it to that person. It's like you have that friend that's been dating or married, maybe they've been married to the same person, you know, that they're a jerk, that person has complained 20 and 11 times. And so when that person decides that they're going to leave, here comes the keep it real friend. Well, I tried to tell you to leave them. I don't know how many times I had to tell you. Pause. Regardless of how long it may have taken them to get to that point, remember this is still a relationship and a marriage that may have ended. And right now, the I told you so and you should have been left is not appropriate. That is the friend that needs to back up. No one needs to pat you on the back to give you your accolades because you've noticed something that the person didn't. You don't know what that person's uh, situation was and for real. Like we have to also understand too, this brings me to another point. When we have friends or we're talking to people, this is why when I talk to my friends, I try to ask second layer questions because when you ask somebody, how is everything going? They're going to hit you with the automatic, everything's good or I'm okay. I've been asking my friends, hey, are you, do you feel supported? Have you been feeling okay? How is your emotions going? How's everything going mentally? Are you feeling in your best, your best space? Is there something I can do to support that? That is a question that doesn't, you can't give an okay. You can't give a yes. You can't, you can't just give a, the, the general question because when somebody truly asks you that and you are a good friend, nine out of 10, it will at least open up a, a further conversation than are you okay? Because now you're able to say, I don't feel supported this week. And this also understand that everybody doesn't have to be Jolly Joe every single moment. If somebody says to you, no, I'm not okay, listen to them. Ask them, why are you not okay? Do you want to talk about it? They may say no, right? They may not be at the space. You may be at a, like I've been at situations where I've been at a media event because there's some of my friends who I actually just love and I hang out with them outside of that. And they've really become like a really friend and they may not feel comfortable speaking at a media event because we're kind of in a social atmosphere. But what I always do is I set a reminder in my phone and I will circle back with them within less than 24 hours, or I may spend time with them after the event or what I've been known to do is to leave an event a few minutes early to give me that time to have that conversation. And sometimes to be honest with you, I've given people more than 15 minutes. It may be an hour, but I wanted to make sure that I at least listened and, and listening, you got to listen also without judgment always leave conversations with some form of resource or some sort of game plan with that person. And that's how you want, again, I'm not saying that this is going to be the cure all, but it's a, it's a suggestion that could help. Right. And I just want us to take this, this, this situation of mental health and anxiety and just these different levels of needs a little bit more seriously. Listen, the, there are so many people who are so afraid and ashamed to say openly that they struggle. And especially the people that you see like celebrities or people online who have businesses and their business is to, you know, encourage and make you look like they're just the greatest thing since sliced bread. First of all, social media is a two edged sword. Social media is a two-edged sword because even like myself, I'm not going to post my pictures when I'm the worst. Now I kind of do. I actually tell you the background 
of some of some beautiful pictures and I tell the background story of the things that I may have struggled with that day. Um, if you've been following me on social media, you can follow me on um, like Instagram, Twitter, and I'm on there as Toy Time Blog. That's T-O-I-T-I-M-E-B-L-O-G. But I posted a picture this week of me and my youngest daughter. And although the picture was very beautiful, I told the real story what was happening behind the scenes. And the real story was I was going through a personal transformation. And at the time I had just really got into the grasp of really going really hard back into therapy. Um, I had started doing therapy with my uh, middle child. Then I had to go back into therapy with my, you know, after my third, I had a brain clot. I had a clot, uh, a, a blood clot in my brain, um, that I was fighting and I was fighting not only, um, during my third pregnancy, but I was also fighting even after. So a lot of people just thought, especially even just maybe some of my friends thought that once I had my child, that the blood clot that I was experiencing in my brain would just stop. I was under the care of my doctor for over, about a year. And that journey was very much struggle for me. It was more than just having to give myself shots. It was more than that. It was navigating life with this new extra layer of responsibility, this extra baby, this new child. And although in the picture, she's not a new baby, you know, I was starting to get back into the flow of getting back to work. And, you know, there was a lot of things that happened when I had her, like I had to actually have her with me for work to take her to work every day for six months. And then when I put her back into daycare, that was the struggle. Putting her back into daycare wasn't as conducive because she did not adjust well. So I ended up having to leave work. A lot of people don't even really know that I actually ended up having to leave work and I ended up, you know, trying to work as much as I could from home, which now in retrospect, it's a beautiful thing. Everybody's with it. But during that time, at that time, that wasn't something that was very understood or, you know, it was definitely taboo then. And that struggle of trying to get all of that together and then now I was at another job and I was, you know, trying to get my life back together after, you know, these different blows. And the reality of it is life is always throwing blows, but sometimes every now and again, it'll be a, a wind that'll come in that'll knock you so far off your foot and off your footing that you'll just be like, I am struggling. And that's what I was sharing with the picture. So most people don't do that. Most people will just show you these beautiful made pictures on Instagram. And I'm the type of person I've been doing this since I started blogging seven years ago. So if you don't know, I am a blogger. I've started my blog because I was dealing with postpartum. So not during the postpartum depression, but after I got help for postpartum depression, um, my therapist was like, you really should get back into your love of writing. And that's how this took off. But from the very beginning, I've been very clear that I was always going to make room to always encourage someone who may have been going through their worst because I had been so many different times in my worst. And even in a, you know, with a family, with an husband, with some friends that were super supportive, I was struggling completely by myself and not that many, too many people didn't even know. And again, even after I got the help, even after I started getting what I needed, I still had to deal with being portrayed. Um, in different ways by people knowing my story before I was ready to say something. Um, people knowing that at certain times I had to take medication in the beginning um, after I was in with postpartum, I had to take medication for several months just to level me out. And although that doesn't seem shameful to some, 
for me at the time because it was so taboo you know everybody that i talked to listen if you've grown up in church your whole life or even just a five seconds you don't know people will tell you that you should pray certain things away whatever is wrong with you and that could be anything any level of what people think is wrong even if they don't agree with your lifestyle they'll tell you just to pray things away i am on team prayer i pray all the time without ceasing i listen my prayer life is strong but sometimes you need prayer and you also need an action plan right? You need prayer. You need an action plan. Sometimes that action plan may need to say, I need to outsource in addition to this to someone who is, can help me hands on here. And that's what happened. But I had to take that first leap because I grew up in a church where you're not allowed to do that. You're not supposed, not necessarily allowed, but you're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to be able to pray. And if your faith was strong, you would be able to be okay. Listen, suffering in silence is a harsh reality that so many people face. And so if you're listening to the sound of my voice and you know for a fact that you have been struggling on the inside and you feel like you've been doing that without any support and you feel like if you take that step to get the help that you need, that you'll be criticized. Listen, there's a level of criticism that's going to probably happen that there's something that I cannot shield you from. But there's a level of help, a level of breathing, a level of being able to just be regulated within yourself, your own skin, within your own mind. That's a safe place that you can create for yourself by getting the help that you actually need. And that's I 1000% support. And I actually encourage you to lean into that. Because listen, life is already hard and I don't want you out here suffering alone. And I would tell you to find someone that you can speak to and I'm still going to encourage you to do so. But then the other flip of that is be very careful of whom you speak if you're not sure that the person that you're speaking to is going to be able to uphold you in the way that you need. And also let people know what you need. Do not be afraid to say, listen, what I need from you is I need to be able to come to you and I don't need you to fix me. I need you to listen and allow me to pour out my heart. And then I'm going to be getting these resources and in the midst of me getting these resources that I need for myself. One thing I need you to do is to cover me, to cover me in your prayer and to also cover me by not telling all the people that I, that is around me or that in our inner circle that this is happening i need to be able to feel confident in that when i'm speaking to you that it stays with you and i also need to feel that i'm being supported and if you're not able to do so i can completely understand then i need to then move on but i do need to be very clear that this is what i need i need you to be understanding that if i go to therapy and i come home and i'm not in the best spirit that i don't need you copying another attitude just because you're like why is this person like this i need you to be understanding that sometimes when i come home from a therapy session that I may need to just take a rest and go to sleep. I may not be able to lean into my responsibilities right away. I may need you to understand that, hey, if I come to you and you're able to help and I need help with a co-payment and you're blessed and that able and, and able to do so, I need you to do so without judgment. Um, and if you're able to do it without me paying it back because I may be in a way where I'm not able to do so and you're able to, I would appreciate that. I may need you to be there to just uplift me every now and again and send an encouraging message. I may need you to smile when you see me just because you don't know what type of situation I may have been holding. These are some of the phrases that you should try to use if you're able to. And I pray that you're able to because I wasn't able to do that. I wasn't able to say the things that I needed at that moment. However, now I try to be as much of an advocate for others that they would be able to speak exactly what they need. You may be a single mom and you're getting therapy and I, that's a beautiful thing. 
And when you come home, you're not feeling it whatsoever. Listen, mom, do the best that you can to get those kids to bed, right? You know, try to take the, don't take out what you're going through on your children. Take deep breaths when you need to. And if you could just do a little prep before you go, like maybe that could be a pizza night or you could already have dinner together because you know that by the time you come home, you're, you're totally wiped out. Listen, therapy does not look like TV. You will come home from therapy and be ready to crash because you're so exhausted and emotionally drained, but that's okay. It is truly okay when that happens. These are just some ways in which speaking up and speaking out to the people that you trust. And I pray everybody has a place and a person that they can trust. And we're about to get into the episode. We have our guest today and I'm so grateful. She can be another resource if you should need it. Another resource of someone that can assist you if you're going through a hard and difficult time, especially with anxiety specifically. Things that she can teach you about different activities that you can do, um, different ways that you can put pressure points on your body that can help you. Again, and if anything, I always want to be a, a, a breath of fresh air to you and a place that you can find resource. We may laugh and cut up. We're going to do that. We're going to laugh. We're going to cut up. But this week, we just needed to be a little bit more centered on the fact that there's way too many souls that have left here just this week that are struggling. And I want us to get to the place where we can try to be a help to not just the people who are the big wigs, you know, not the people who are, you know, they have verified checks and things by their name. Cause trust me, that doesn't even begin to matter, but to the everyday person, the person who's listening to me, the people that are around their circle, spread that message. And listen, send this, this to, this isn't even about me. This isn't about views. This is about helping someone else. So if there's someone else that you know needs to hear this, if there's somebody else that's in your circle that could be a better supporter, send this to them. And if you have just received this, this message or just received this podcast, don't get in your feelings, get better. Because again, the whole goal is to help, not to hinder. We don't want to get into a situation where we're, we're hindering someone else. So for today's guest, we have Miss Caitlin Rose. She is a resilience coach with over five years experience helping other people overcome panic and anxiety naturally and permanently. Her work comes from her own experience navigating complex PTSD from early life trauma. A lot of us have that. And after living with and troubling chronic pain and anxiety for over a decade, she eventually mastered the principles of nervous system regulation and emerged panic-free. Today, she coaches people using a three-step process to shift the nervous system out of a chronic survival state, calm the fear centers in the brain, and proactively strengthen the brain structures that allows us to make those shifts permanent. permanent. Take advantage of a free, no pressure, 15 minute consultation to find out if this process can help help you regain ease and freedom in your life. So we're going to take some time and to welcome Caitlin to our community. All right. Well, again, welcome again to the conversations with Toy Family. You know that every time we bring in a guest, we always want to think about you and what you may need. And today is the perfect guest. We have Miss Caitlin Rose. She is here. Um, if you're dealing with anxiety, right? If you're dealing with panic attacks or just these that element of 
how do I deal with this situation? I've been dealing with it maybe privately for like forever, but I'm not sure what that next step is. I'm not sure how I can connect to become better. And even let me just say it's for those who are listening. I have said this a million one times that I deal with panic attacks and I deal with anxiety from time to time. But in those beginning moments of it, when I first started having it in college, I had no idea. So I was running to the ER like every other minute thinking I was having some sort of heart attack because a lot of times some in our physical will relate and show us that something is going on. And sometimes we're not paying attention, but today we're gonna have that conversation with someone else who also has dealt with the same thing. So if you are dealing with anxiety of any type and panic attacks of any type, please lean in. If you've never dealt with it, maybe you're hearing something for the first time and you're like, wow, I never even considered that that actually might be the issue. Cause trust me, I had the medical bills to prove it. I was at them doctors, at the ER, thinking my life was completely over and realizing that stress was showing up for me in the way of physicality. So I was getting sick often and there was no cure. There was no nothing. They couldn't mimic anything that was happening for me. And that was my personal experience. But Ms. Caitlin Rose is here and she's gonna share with you her experience. And we're just gonna get into some conversations. So this is an amazing episode for anybody who has dealt with anxiety and panic attacks. Caitlin, thank you and welcome to Conversations with Toy. Thank you, Toy, for being here. And just thank you for creating this space and for this opportunity. Like you, like you mentioned, I just know it's so, so needed right now in the world today. You know, we're all in the same boat and people are going through a lot. And I hear it, you know, on the phone every day. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, comes from my own experience. And just like we were talking about earlier, you know, it's, it can be really beneficial to just share our experiences. Uh, you know, the ups and downs and, and the ins and outs and just help kind of take the take the, the pressure off a little bit. People that are feeling like, you know, I'm, I wonder if I'm going crazy. That, this is something I hear every day. Um, right. I know this one's crazy, but da, 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 da. <laughs> I just yep. want to tell people everybody feels that way. Everybody feels that way. Uh, but yeah, so I, you know, just by way of introduction, uh, I'm an anxiety coach. So I help people overcome panic and anxiety, and I do experience, you know, for myself, uh, just having to troubleshoot this uh, for for years, you know, kind of having to do it DIY. Uh, I didn't even know coaches were a thing back in those days. This was 10 years ago or so. Yes. And, uh, yeah. and then, you know, just for myself, going from daily panic attacks to like, you know, now it's been a couple of years without a panic attack and, um, you know, just being able to turn around and, and give that back and coach other people through that is really, uh, you know, one of the most satisfying uh, parts of the work that I do. And I, I want to just really quickly, because Toy was talking about how anxiety shows up in the body. Mm-hmm. If you're here with you, even just talking about it, sometimes we can start to feel our heart rate go up. So I just want to encourage you, there's a couple really simple things you can do, just even as you're listening, as we're talking, if you're feeling your heart rate start to go up, if you're feeling your shoulders kind of get tense, take your fingers and wrap, uh, so you can take the fingers of your either hand and wrap um, the palm of your other hand around your fingers and just just like hold your fingers. And uh, your index finger can be really good, your pointer finger can be really good, but just whatever you're gravitating towards right now, there's all these pressure points um, on our fingers and we're just kind of giving our body a signal really quick to like <sighs> calm down and 
and take a deep breath. So as you're, as you're sitting and listening, just encourage you to, to do that. You can also take your thumb and the palm and just bring your thumb to the palm of your hand and just hold like that. That's a quick tip and we'll, we can talk about plenty more, but that's a, that's a nice, easy one to get started. I love that. Share with us, um, for those who are listening, what your experience was. I know that you coach people who've gone through that, but you also too have experienced that yourself. And what was it like for you? Because everyone is different in their experience, but what was it like for you? Yeah. So for me, you know, it's funny because when I look, knowing everything I know now, it's easy for me to look back and say, I was in anxiety most of my life, actually, you know, from childhood through teenager, teenage years into my early 20s. But because it was so much a part of my life, I didn't, it was just like, that's the color of the water, right? You don't necessarily know that it can be different. And so I didn't really identify it as anxiety until I was in some really high pressure jobs and I started getting panic attacks and to the point where I was waking up every day into a panic attack. Uh, and I would have to set my alarm an hour ahead of when I needed to get out of bed so I could just lie there and breathe and calm down and kind of get a handle on things. And then I started saying, oh, you know, I think this is not, you know, I don't think it's supposed to be like this. <laughs> right. Every time. Um, yeah. Yeah. And what's going on? Um, because I didn't identify as an anxious person. You know, I didn't think of myself as, oh, I'm sitting around worrying about things all the time, right? Uh, but really that worry, that anxiety was living in my body, just like you're, you're talking about, Toy. And these patterns can often uh, be laid down very early in our life. So it's just something that, it's just a way that we operate and we don't notice until it kind of reaches a crescendo. So for me, that crescendo happened in my mid-20s. And then I spent, uh, you know, I really just sort of took it on as like, I'm going to troubleshoot this. I'm going to figure this out. Uh, and kind of like I was saying, treated myself like a guinea pig in my own laboratory where I was just reading everything I could read. I was finding every strategy, every method, uh, and just sort of throwing the kitchen sink at it and gradually developed a deeper and deeper understanding of what was actually happening in my mind and my body and the relationships in my mind and my body that were kind of feeding this. And so you, you know, threw yourself into all of that amazing research, but for someone else who may not necessarily feel like they have the time to do it, obviously you have the expertise, which is why people can choose to come to someone like yourself, if not you yourself. Um, but what would be some of the steps, some of the things that, again, that people can do if they've started mm -hmm. to notice a pattern? Because again, when I had it, I didn't notice the pattern. I just was knowing that I was going to the emergency room or doctors or whatever, because at the time I was in college and I was mm. just going through it. And like you said, I did discover later on through therapy and other the other things that I was doing that I was actually having these experiences way before then. But mm. for someone else who's just maybe recognizing this pattern or maybe someone who's just experiencing this now since we've been in the pandemic or maybe they just haven't noticed it and this episode yeah. is making them think how what are some of the ways in which they could move towards this might be it to how can I get closer to that understanding yeah there's a couple things I'll, I'll say um the first is just like we've been talking about understand that anxiety does live in the body and there's a lot of uh, you know it's not we often notice it um, in our mind, we, we notice anxious thoughts or critical thoughts or racing thoughts showing up in our mind. Uh, but it's, it can be very difficult and frustrating, you know, if we just sort of deal on that mental level, trying to wrestle with those thoughts or change those thoughts. 
And so when people are, you know, often I deal with, you know, I just am working with people who are kind of stuck in this mental loop and uh, encourage them to really get down into the level of their body and just start to notice, just start to notice what's happening. So one of the most helpful kind of perspective shifts we can have is to really cultivate this curiosity about what's going on, understanding it's, it is, it's scary and it can feel overwhelming. Uh, but number one, just take off that pressure of having to change, having to be different, having to fix it. Just don't, don't worry about that for now. Like have faith. This is fixable. This is absolutely fixable. This is not something you need to live with for the rest of your life. It takes some work, takes a lot of troubleshooting, but just reassure yourself. This is fixable. We will get there. But the first step to fixing it is not worrying about fixing it. If that makes sense. Got it. I was just like, yeah. I got to get rid of this. This is not good. I, I can't live like this. And that's like your first go-to thought, but what yeah. you said makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Because what's happening a lot of times is we have just these, you know, overwhelm is living in our body really as these like physical sensations of just agitation. And, you know, I'm sure everybody can relate to that. Even if I can't find the words for it. Right. Uh, and it's a very uncomfortable feeling. And so we want, we, we want to take our attention away from it. We want to distract ourselves. And we do this automatically without even thinking about it. Uh, and, and so that's where, you know, different, you might find like compulsive behaviors or just the different behaviors that we regret later. Why did I do that? You know, uh, oft, very often it's this unconscious automatic attempt to distract ourselves away from the feelings in our body. And those feelings can be gen very genuinely very difficult. And so I don't want to minimize it. Uh, it, it, it can, they can be very difficult. Um, but if you just, you know, some of what I coach people around is just beginning to approach with this curiosity, just getting to know what's going on, no judgment, no need to change, no need to be different, uh, and just slowly beginning to kind of introduce yourself to those feelings. Um, and, and just and notice whatever's coming up for you in that moment and just ask yourself right now in this moment, is this feeling tolerable? Is this just whatever this is? No thought about it, no need to fix it, but just, wow, I notice, you know, like my skin feels like on, it's on fire. Like that was really common for me, you know, or I just, or wow, I feel this really like these, you know, tingling and agitation in my shoulders. Okay. Okay, so I noticed that. And right now in this moment, can I tolerate that? Right. Yeah. What are some of the ways, you know, let's say you have a, a new person, a new client, and they're coming to you. Um, you know, for me, I always felt like my stuff was super extreme. We all feel like, we all have this feeling like everything that we're going through is just like larger than the whole world like yeah. how can someone take that feeling and make it so much smaller because i feel like that's a part of being another level of being overwhelmed it's like beyond the fact that okay I, i'm trying to fix it we've gotten past that part of seeing it differently like mm -hmm. i'm going to get there in time but then it's the when that feeling that physical feeling comes on you and it's, how do you how do you stop in that moment to like tell yourself like what are some of the things that you can tell yourself to stop that that 
that feeling that you have from overwhelming you to the point where it becomes even worse and worse? Mm -hmm. Yeah, really great question. So I, I would say that's almost one of the biggest questions that people have is just, how do I catch, you know, it's like, I'm going along, I'm going along, and then boom, I just, just like, I fall off a cliff or I just spiral or whatever. How do I catch, how do I catch it before that moment? Right. Uh, and, you know, the answer there really does come back, like a lot of what I work with people around is we've got to build that capacity. It's like a muscle that you're, that you're working on and you need to build that muscle before you've got to, uh, you know, lift a 500 pound weight, right? right. right. <laughs> so, so we got to work proactively. A lot of times, you know, we, we don't even notice this stuff until we're already kind of spinning out. And then we were like, oh, I heard about breathing. I should breathe. And like, you're already past the, I won't speak for myself. I was already past the point where breathing was going to do me any good, right? Or I could gain right. kind of control over my breathing. So I got, and I got, it was really frustrating for me for a really long time because I was a yoga teacher. I was a certified yoga teacher at the time that I started getting panic attacks. And I was like, I know all this stuff. I know all the good stuff to do. Right. <laughs> and I cannot, at the I'm time that I'm in Zen and it's not working. Yeah, I cannot do it. I just fully cannot do it. So, uh, so just expect that. Don't get surprised by that. Uh, and don't and so don't beat yourself up about it when you do notice like oh whoops you know I'm like I, I'm I'm just I'm spun out and okay that's okay uh, you know there is an end that, like I can learn how to ride this out gracefully um, and I do teach people different different strategies and, and tools for kind of riding it out but more than anything it's about building those muscles proactively and you know building it into our into our habits and into our schedule where we are, you know, we're doing this, uh, you know, kind of putting ourselves on this workout plan so that more and more at the time that we get to that, uh, you know, sort of spun out place, we've got, you know, we've been working it and we've, we've got the muscles to start to pull ourselves back. Um, and, you know, the first kind of, I guess the prompt I would give to people is kind of, there's always moments where we've got a conversation going on in our head and we're trying to decide, uh, you know, oh, I, like one part of us wants to go do this thing. Like, you know, for me, a lot of the time it was come home after a long day and I just want to, you know, fully zone out in front of the TV. Like, I just don't, I can't deal with anything. I can't deal with anyone. And there's one part of me going, oh, like, don't do that. That's not healthy. You should breathe. You should blah, blah, blah. Right. You know, um, but I know it's like, I've just got, I've got no more room left, you right. know, no more give. I have no more. Yeah. Give. yeah. Uh, and so what I started doing was I would just kind of make a, um, agree. I would make a compromise with myself. I would say, okay, I'll go zone out. I'll go, you know, be a zombie in front of the TV. That's fine, but I'm just going to watch myself doing it. I'm just going to observe myself. I'm just going to notice. I'm going to talk to myself while I'm doing it. Okay. We're here. We're doing this. How does this feel? What do you notice in your body? Like, no judgment. It's all good. We can sit here as long as we need to sit here. We can binge as long as we need to binge right. <laughs> on Netflix or whatever it is. But I'm just going to notice. I'm just going to start building that, that little muscle of noticing what's going on for me and, and in my nervous system and in my body. And so for me, that was one of the, you know, it's about building bridges and finding those baby steps. And for me, that was one of them is, you know, just take the judgment off, take the, you know, take the shame off. Um, Go ahead and do it. If you're not hurting yourself, not hurting anybody else, go ahead and do it. Just make a commitment to yourself to, 
to start to notice at the same time what's going on in your experience. What are some of the ways in which you, again, I heard you say earlier that you haven't had a panic attack in a long time, and I'm sure that credits to some of the things that you, not if not some of all the things that you learned and the practices that you do, but what are some of the, the everyday things that you feel like contributes to you getting to the place where it becomes a, less and less of an anxiety mm -hmm. attack? Because we know that anytime, of course, in life, it can happen, but just having that extra flow where you're feeling more in control, like what are some of the things that you do on the daily that kind of contributes yeah. to that? Yeah, it's a great question. So I have had a lot of different routines that have kind of sh shifted and changed over the years. Uh, you know, I'll tell you right now, I'll, I'll kind of, I can tell you kind of like right now what I do and it would be different, you know, it's different than what I did before right. and, and kind of how I would coach different people. But, uh, you know, for me, a big part of, of getting to the root of this is increasing the capacity of our nervous system to handle high intensities um, and also increasing the capacity of our nervous system. Uh, here's a better way of putting that. Increasing the flexibility and adaptability in our nervous system uh, because often we can, we're adapted to handle high, you know, intense situations. Like for me, I gravitated towards, uh, you know, intense high pressure jobs because I was used to kind of living in this, you know, narrow band of like, you know, high stress. Um, but really, I needed to learn how. I needed to learn how to relax. Actually, I needed to teach myself how to relax. Uh, and then once I could, you know, kind of work with my nervous system to feel like, okay, this is okay. This isn't scary. The world's not going to end. You're not going to die. If you just kind of let down a little bit, uh, then I was able to handle intense stressful situations and still stay in this more kind of flexible state. So all that being said, a lot of what I've worked on over the years is just very physically uh, how to how to increase the flexibility and adaptability in my circulatory system and my, you know, in, in my um, respiratory system, my breathing uh, and my nervous system. And I've done that through physical exercises, through running, uh, through cold exposure, so actually jumping in cold water. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that one. <laughs> requirement not to scare anybody off. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely not going to be. Uh, <laughs> but um, I've just, just, you know, I've worked very practically around around those things, and uh, and what I love about it is that it's not you're not up in your head, right? You can make this plan to kind of evaluate where your nervous system is at from day to day and, and start to work with it. And you don't have to deal with kind of all the, the thoughts and, and the mental anxieties. Uh, you know, just put that aside for the moment. You know, maybe at some point we'll have to have those conversations, but for now, just put it aside and let's, let's notice, you know, what's going on in your body. And so, yeah, for me, I have a, an exercise routine that I do. I, I try to um, go swimming. I have a meditation practice that ultimately has been the foundation uh, of everything that I've done. And, uh, but, you know, saying all that, I don't want people to think like, oh, I've got to start meditating for an hour and I've got to start running for, a, you know, an hour to like fix this. There's so, so many things uh, that you can do and just really, you know, my focus has always been about finding those baby steps. Because like I said, when I, this was first happening to me, uh, I couldn't do any of that. I could not do any of that. And so I, you know, right. I knew all the things to do, but I'm just lying on my bed like, oh, you know, <laughs> so I was, my, my thing was really about, okay, how do I bridge, there's a gap here, 
between all the things I know how to do and know I should do and what I really can do. And let's get curious about that. How do I bridge that gap? So, uh, so yeah, finding those baby steps is, is really the, the key. What would be the way that um, if you have someone that's listening, and I hope, you know, first of all, I have a great community of listeners, but someone who is listening and they are ready for that next step, they're looking for someone to help them, looking for an anxiety coach, someone that can give them those um, helps that are going to get them to have less of this anxiety or to have those, the the prompting of the anxiety become less and less, you know, you have your clients, the first time you're meeting with them, go, um, just let's tell our listeners, like, how does that first session with you even happen? Yeah, yeah. So I offer, I do free 15-minute um, consultations, and it's just an opportunity for me to hear more about where you're at, uh, and, you know, for me to really get a sense of if and how I can help you. And it's, you know, no, no pressure. It's, it's an easy conversation. You don't have to come prepared or have any answers. Uh, you know, I'm just really looking to just, you know, just give me the brain dump of what's going on for you. And we'll talk a little bit about, you know, where some of that might be coming from and, and start to make a plan for how to get you from here to there. Uh, and, you know, everybody's, everybody's different, um, but there are patterns. There are patterns that show up. Uh, that you know, I've started to to be able to recognize over you know a couple of years of doing this, um, and so yeah, I just you know, I guess the, the biggest thing I would tell people is the majority, like the the thing I hear the most often over and over again is, I know this sounds crazy, but, and I just want you to know that it does not sound crazy. You do not sound crazy. Right. <laughs> so if you want to talk Very to somebody. Funny who does not, you know, who knows that you are not crazy and that there's a reason for all of this, uh, come talk to me. And uh, yeah, I'd love to connect. How would someone be able to connect with you? Like, how do they go about uh, getting an appointment so they can have that 15 minute cons uh, consultation that can hopefully lead into a relationship where they feel comfortable and, and be able to speak freely? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so I'm on Instagram um, and you can look me up there at build.resilience, and I think um, we'll have a way of kind of spelling that out. Mm -hmm. uh, also, my website is buildresilience, or build, I'm gonna forget it now, buildresilience360.com, uh, and, um, and my email, I'll give you my email, is uh, caitlin at buildresilience360.com. So any of those ways, feel free to, to hit me up and um, we'll find a time and uh, yeah, I, I, and I would love, I would love to connect. So if you're listening and you're thinking, wow, that I did not catch that. I did not, <laughs> uh, do not fear. We will have all of that as a very clickable um, component in the notes. So just click on the show notes and you'll be able to click. I know everybody loves to be able to click. So I'm not even going to write it out. I'm going to make it a, a whole link for you to click on. That way you can get the information because, uh, you know, a lot of times, we may know we need something, but we don't know where the resource is. And so a lot of times when I'm bringing guests in, it's because it's a resource, a resource for you to use so that you can become a better version of yourself. Um, what are some of, the, of your wins this year? I know everybody's talking, you know, we're going to be what, in February and, you know, people are talking about goals and sometimes even goal setting can be create anxiety for some people. But what have been some of your wins so far? Oh, it's a great question. Yeah, so I think for me, you know, it's really about like I really make an effort to kind of keep myself on a on a pretty steep learning curve. 
uh, as much as possible, you know, in part because it's just something I love to do to, to learn and grow. But also I know, you know, I'm asking people in my coaching practice, I'm asking people to take, you know, baby steps outside of their comfort zone every day. And so I feel like I got to hold myself accountable to stay on that same learning curve. So I always remember what it feels like and what I'm really asking people to do. And so for me, my, my big learning curve, you know, just over this past year has been on social media. Uh, that was not something that I was a, a huge fan of ever. And uh, it was a whole other, you know, it was one thing to kind of get through anxiety and panic for myself, just kind of living in my own little bubble. Right. Um, but then I was like, okay, if I really want to turn around and, and help other people in a bigger way, means putting myself out there and putting myself out there in a bigger and bigger way. And so that's been, you know, my journey over the last uh, year, particularly, I, I really made it to tackle that. Um, and I noticed it really held me accountable to practice what I preach. Uh, and it was really satisfying. And I'm, I'm still kind of in that of like, all right, just trust falling and, and doing it and putting myself out there. And ultimately what I try to remember every day, and I encourage my clients, you know, in the same way, is just uh, the thing, one of the things that made the biggest difference for me, uh, you know, it's like you can be working and working and working and you're seeing improvement. It's like, you know, sometimes it can feel like, one step forward, two steps back, two steps forward, one step back, you know, because it's dynamic. There's a, there's a lot going on. But one of those things that just like made things set, you know, for good was when I turned around and reached out to other people and put myself in a position to help somebody else. And I did this, you know, early on, even when I first got started, even when I was like in bed, you know, like could barely get out of bed, like walking around the block and making myself a meal was a victory for the day. Right. Right. But it's soon as I learned something, I turned around and taught it to, you know, find somebody else who needs a little more help than I do and, and teach it to them. Uh, and so that's what I try to come back to every morning. You know, it's just back to that feeling of like, okay, why am I doing this? You know, why am I putting myself out of my comfort zone? Why is this a good idea? Right? And just come back to that, like, and I know this for a fact, now more than ever, there are so many people who need this. And so I, I put that to you too. If you're watching this and you're feeling like, I need this, that's true. Uh, and let's work together. But you're here and you're hearing about it and you're learning about it, which means you've got resources, you've got skills already, right? Right. And there's somebody out there who doesn't even have that. They don't even know what questions to ask. They don't even know where to start, right? And so no matter where, you at, where you're at, there's always somebody else uh, that can use a hand up. And so that's what I try to, to come back to is just, that's why I'm doing this. You know, I'm going to fail a lot. I'm going to, you know, succeed, uh, some, but, but, you know, that, I think that win of just coming back to that feeling of, uh, yeah, I, I really want to, I'm willing to take the risk and put myself out there, um, because I know that there's people that need this. And that's a big part of understanding your why. And that's, you know, helpful because when you understand your why, like you said, when those successes come, that's great. And when the failures come, because they are coming, they mm -hmm. part of the process and um, it kind of helps you to solidify where you are and where you're trying to go. So I'm so grateful to have you on a show because again, this is another resource. If you've been listening you have another a point of contact that you now can say, okay, I can uh, send an email, I can, you know, go onto the website and I can fine tune a way for me to get some help in an area that I know I need this help in and have somebody who 
one who's been through it. I say this all the time. I love the people who study it, but I love the people who also live through it. Because when mm-hmm. you have that shared experience, even if it's a different experience, knowing that you have somebody who could understand points and uh, part of what you're going through because they've also walked it, they lived it, and they're also mm-hmm. being um, victorious in it by the fact that they were not doing it. You know, they're not 100%. There's no perfection, but they're at least striving every day where they may fall and get right back up because they understand the process and they're help, mm-hmm. there to help you. So thank you, Caitlin, so much for being yeah, in this conversation. We need conversations like this. A lot of people try to shy away mm-hmm. from having these conversations about anxiety because it may feel like exposing a part of you that, you know, it's like opening a Band-Aid and, and not wanting people yeah. to see you. Um, yeah. But rather someone sees you, you see you and you want to, that part that you see, you want to try to find a way to get the help for that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And again, thank you so much just for creating this this forum and, and building this community. Uh, yeah, it takes work and and you got to put yourself out there. Uh, yeah. But I know you do it knowing that, yeah, there's so many people that just need, we need more of these conversations and we need more of these opportunities to kind of share what's really going on. Right. Because, you know, people can polish themselves up really, really well. But when you're sitting at home and you're by yourself and you're in your skin deep into it and you know there's some areas by which you want to work at, that's been my push from this very beginning before I even did the podcast, you know, even with the blog, like just making sure that I present the fact that I, like everyone else, is just as normal going through these are very normal shared experiences. They're no longer considered abnormal. They're no longer considered something that is not um, something that we all share or something that we've all go through. I think that's the, the thing too. Some people feel like they're by themselves or there's some type of magical unicorn that these experience happens to only them. There's nothing that you have done to get you to this place. It's just something you have to unlearn so that you can learn the, the healthy way of trying to attack and deal with the things you're dealing with. Mm, yeah, exactly. So. Thank you so much. And remember, if you're listening, you're working out, you're out and about running around, or maybe do like me when I'm listening to podcasts and normally folding up my laundry, uh, make sure you remember, we will make all of the information so that you can get in contact with Caitlin, um, clickable, and make sure that you go and support her. She's on LinkedIn. She's all over the place. Support, follow, um, so that there could be resources that she shares that you may want to get a hold of. And again, she is as an actual resource for you, um, if for anyone that's dealing with anxiety. Thank you. Thank you. So what did you think? I hope that something that Caitlin said was inspiring you to reach out. Um, She's on LinkedIn. I'm going to make that clickable in the show notes so that you can find her so that she can help you to guide you to hopefully a better um, mental state, especially when it comes to anxiety. Having anxiety can feel like the most overwhelming and underwhelming situation almost at the same time. And if you ever had any level of panic attack, you know how much it feels like you're literally losing the battle of like breathing, just simple breathing. Chest may feel tight. It almost feels and mimics almost like a heart attack. I've said this even in the episode, but I'll say it one more time, that oftentimes our body is trying to let us know that we're not right. Sometimes we just like plain ignore our body's cues of telling us that something isn't right. I feel like our body is always trying to keep us in regulation and sometimes we don't do the best thing that we can to honor that. And 
when your body is going through what it's going through, sometimes it's just a wake up call for you to also do better, eat better, drink water, take care of yourself. If you honestly know that you, like myself, are not taking care of yourself to the best of your ability, I want us to work together to do better. I want us to take care of our mental health. I want us to take care of our anxiety. I want us to take care of these things and, and also lean into the resources that are provided, not just here, but all through other places so that we can become better. One push for this week is that I want us to really delve into what do we actually need for our mental health? It could be in a form of self-care, which listen, self-care is not just on self-care Sundays. I don't even know who started self-care Sundays. And although I think that I delve in a little longer, maybe a little, you know, stronger into the self-care Sundays, I'm okay with going in stronger and longer, but I want us to find ways to, to support ourselves Monday through Saturday as well. What do you need for that day or today or tomorrow that will make a difference? You know, and a lot of times you think that it's huge things. Listen, self-care is not bubble baths. That is a part of it if you need that. But self-care is literally taking time out to find out what it is that I may need. Sometimes for me, this week I've had, I've been so exhausted. And this week has been a little struggle. Listen, if you're a content creator or a business owner, you already know how hard it is when you have to fight people for invoicing and all that stuff. I hate that part the least because it's draining. So for me, I'm going to start looking into getting me a business um, partner, someone who can handle like a business manager, someone who can handle all the billing that can handle all the, the rude people who decide that they're paying late, all of those things. Because listen, if you are someone who has reached out for services, not just from me, not specifically to me, but just from anyone, please pay them on time. Whatever that contract says, get, get on your bot. The excuses that I've heard this week with just billing alone, oh, you know, I was so busy. So am I. I am running a business. I have three children. I have a husband. Life happens. And I'm still making sure that if somebody, if I owe somebody, I'm going to pay them. Okay. Especially in the context of reaching out for services. Okay. So this week, I know that for me, for self-care is going, I'm going to need to get a business uh, manager, someone who can handle that part because me handling it, it drains me. It makes me angry. I have to take a day or two to get my life back together after fighting the same people who will call you 2011 times in the same given day, knowing that they have not paid your invoice. They want all they can get, but they don't want to pay on time. That is draining. So I know for me, a part of self-care is going to be to get a new business, um, manager straight up. I need a business manager to handle that. Um, Self-care for some, for me sometimes also looks in the form of taking a whole flu fledged nap, a nap, taking time to just read a magazine and you'll be saying, well, how do you have time to read a magazine? Listen, if you manage your TV time, sometimes on that TV time, you may need to be doing something else for self-care, right? I'm not telling you that it has to be working out, although workout can be a self-care moment. But whatever you need on a given day, I want us to delve into that and try to get some more of that. Let's make an environment that we have around us conducive for people to feel that they can speak to us, right? That they can come to us, that we can be a support to someone else. That's going to take some inner work because some, some of us is fighting some real demons of our own. So we really are not in a place to help. We just want someone to come to us so we can feel like we had the tea. You're not it. That That's not what that person needs. You don't need to be the person that knows first. 
There could be a friend that's upset right now because maybe when in the past I haven't come to them about when I was originally going through stuff. You weren't probably the person that could handle that. Let me keep it real. Your speech is be betraying y'all. The stuff that y'all say amongst each other, people know which, who you, what you are about. And at the time when somebody is going through their, their roughest, they don't need the rough. They need somebody that can be in, 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 engaging. And I'm not saying every now and again, we don't need to have a wake up call with our friends or people around us that sometimes we can't always package it in a beautiful package. But when your demeanor is not packaged in a beautiful package, meaning your attitude, the way you carry yourself, the way you talk, those all these different levels, when that can't happen, that's an inner check. So this weekend, I'm hoping that you have an amazing, amazing weekend. Today is my husband's birthday. So happy birthday to him because he listens to every podcast episode. And how can I give shout outs to other people about other things and don't say happy birthday to them? my most and number one supporter? right? Happy birthday, Marcus. Hope you enjoy your day. To everyone else, have an amazing weekend. I hope that in your weekend that you find some time to really just rest, rest, real rest. Sometimes rest is not even the form just of sleep. Rest is allowing your mind to become at peace. Even when things around you are going to hell in a handbasket, finding five seconds of peace. Everybody deserves peace, but you also got to be peace to somebody else. Have a good weekend. We will be back. Thank you for listening. Remember, three things that you can do to support this show. Three, and they're free. One, listen. Listen to the episode. Two, share. Share the episode. Let somebody else listen to it. Encourage somebody. This is a podcast you may want to listen, or there's other podcasts that I have that you can listen. There's a whole plethora of them, different types of conversations that we've had. Some funny, some hilarious, some not, some serious. They're all there. Listen, my personality goes all over the place. Like some moments I'm happy, some moments I'm not. That's like everybody, right? Cool. The third thing you can do is subscribe. That means become the person that gets them episodes you know right well when they're hitting because you are a subscriber. Subscribing is free. And lastly, I guess that's four things. Lastly, make a review. Go on to wherever you listen to podcasts and give us an amazing review because listen, we are here to support you. This is not about me. This isn't about me getting recognition. This isn't about any of those things. This is about supporting you. So we're here to support you. Have a great weekend. Have a great day. If you're listening to this and you're on the treadmill, do what you got to do. Get your life together. Get it all right and tight. Send all those good vibes to you. Have an amazing, amazing weekend. And we will be back, Lord's will, next Friday with another Conversations episode with Toy. Thank you as always for joining me and I know that even in the deepest or joyful conversations that there's something we can learn and apply. Until next time, I hope that you are doing better. If not, we will be back to talk some more and handle it. Peace to you and yours. Stay grounded.